the unsurpassed penetrating and perfect truth is seldom met with even in a hundred thousand myriad kalpas now we can see and hear it we can remember and accept it i vow to make the buddha's truth one with myself homage to the buddha homage to the dharma homage to the sangha Today I'm going to talk a little bit about monastic life and why a person might want to become a monk. We don't often do this for a number of reasons and the main one is we don't want to give the impression that in order to really practice the dharma one must be a monk. This is not the case at all. We have many lay trainees, many of them some of them right here in this room. who do exemplary training better than many of us monks so it's not the case that if you really want to train you should be a monk no however for some people being a monk is the thing it's really a matter of commitment to the practice being a monk helps it helps us to keep to this commitment it's kind of pushed on us you know but it's not essential you can be you know practice the dharma with deep commitment in lay life so that's my first thing as we know the buddha created the fourfold sangha male and female lay trainees male and female monks and we need all of them we all support each other traditionally the monks depend on the lay trainees for their sustenance food and other necessities and the lay trainees look to the monks for teaching and guidance and this arrangement is beneficial in many ways it keeps the monks on their toes we have to keep to the precepts and live a good life otherwise the lay trainees stop supporting us they don't want to do it and then things fall apart not good and it also frees up the monks to concentrate on the practice they're not going out to work or living the household life um and they have more time to just devote themselves to that we do work we work in the monastery some of us work fairly hard as we know physical work talking to people doing dharma talks all sorts of things or monks simply just doing their practice you know just doing their living the life of a monk that is a really beneficial thing and this arrangement of the fourfold sangha the mutual dependence also means monks aren't cut off from the lay people because we'd be irrelevant if we didn't relate to people and you know if people didn't want to support us why should they if we're just sitting in the monastery and not bothering about people but the monastery is a place of refuge for all of us for monks for lay trainees for people who want to come and visit people who want to spend time here people just want to know that we're here sometimes people can't come but they can connect with us on zoom or other things or they just like to know that we're here and we often get letters from people saying I'm really glad you're there. I can't visit right now or I'm getting too old or I'm not well, but I'm just so glad you're there doing the practice. And we try to make the dharma as accessible as possible to everybody whether they can come or not. So that's the the fourfold arrangement which is really wise. However, the world is changing and is becoming increasingly secular both here in the west and in the east as well actually people are more concerned with 
material things, getting ahead in the world, having success and money, and less with the spiritual life or with religion. It seems to be a general trend. Monks in many traditions are becoming an endangered species, especially here in the West. People here are interested in Buddhism, and you often hear people say, who needs monks? We don't need monks. We can do it ourselves. We've got you know, all kinds of resources that we never used to have. There are probably thousands of books on Buddhism. Some of them are really good. Some of them not so good. Many Buddhist teachers, and most of them are lay teachers, and many of them do really good work and help a lot of people. There's the mindfulness movement, which is a really good thing. But it can get divorced from its Buddhist roots. It's just a, it mean and be just a self-help thing, nothing to do with the Dharma or with finding something deeper. You know, meditation apps, podcasts, Zoom events, online Dharma talks. We do them too. This very talk will be an online Dharma talk. Endless ways of practicing the Dharma and having access to it. Never even seeing a Buddhist monk. So, you know. And with all of this, there can be a feeling of making samsara more comfortable rather than looking to see what lies beyond it, looking for something deeper. Trying to have a happier and more comfortable self, not have to give anything up, rather than being willing to relinquish selfishness, which is the cause of our suffering, as the Buddha said. So with all of this, why would anybody want to become a monk? Because there is a calling of the heart in some people, the vocation, which means calling. Some people have it, most people don't. And this doesn't mean that people who have this call of the heart are any better than other people. It's just that they want to be monks and nothing else will do. It's like some people want to be doctors or lawyers or artists or poets. doesn't mean they're better or worse than anybody else. It's just that call of the heart. Like Robert Frost in his lovely poem about the two paths. He's deciding whether to be a, a businessman or be a poet. Of course he wants to be a poet. And he sees these two roads. He says one's the general road that everybody travels. And there's this other little road off to the left. It's grassy and not many people go that way. And he thinks about it for a while. And he chooses this less traveled road. And he says, I chose the road less traveled and it has made all the difference. Well, one reason I'm talking about all of this is because recently somebody said they thought we didn't want more monks, that there was a kind of a barrier. We were with monks and then, you know. But actually... It's not the case at all. We do want more monks. We need more monks, actually. As we can see, um, some of our monks are getting older. Well, we're all getting older. But some of us are getting, getting kind of frail, you know, elderly. A few have died in recent years. And we do have younger monks, but we need more. If we want to continue into the future, if we want to be able to offer the Dharma for future generations, keep the Dharma alive in the world, in our tradition, you're going to need more monks, younger ones who can actually help to keep the monastery going. For future generations. 
And I also feel that there will always be people who have that call of the heart, that wish to be a monk, to let go of the world, the call to the monastic life. And we want to keep the door open for them, not just have us die out, become an extinct species. We've had enough of those already. It's said that some people are pulled towards the monastic life and other people are pushed. Brahma used to say this, pushed by suffering. Well, I think that for most of those who become monks, there's a bit of both. The people who are pushed, for some people there's been great trauma or suffering in their life. And they want to find something to help them deal with that suffering, something that goes beyond just this transient world with all the stuff that can happen, you know. Want to find something deeper and that they can rely on. And for other people who are pushed, it's just that life is not satisfactory, as the Buddha said. The things that most people feel they want or they ought to want, family life, love, career, money, all those things. For some people, they just feel hollow. They just cannot get themselves enthusiastic about any of those things. Or they try them and they don't work out. Or they just don't satisfy. You have a nice career and you think, for what? You know, There must be more to life than this. What is the purpose of my life? Then other people are pulled to the monastic life. Maybe something's happened. Maybe they've had some experience of truth, a little glimpse of something greater, a lot bigger and deeper than we usually see. And they're drawn to know it more deeply. Ah, what's that? That is much more important than all these other things. Well, you can't recreate an experience of truth. You have to go on. But you can accept it as a gift, something to help you on your way, something that calls you to look more deeply, to draw you towards your life's true purpose. The wish to let go of the things of the world and find the truth. And I think many of us have, have a bit of both of those things, you know. For myself, I'm more grateful than I can say that I've had the opportunity in this life to be a monk. I can't imagine the kind of person I'd be if I wasn't. It would not be a pretty picture, really. I was not a happy chappy. I've never been under the illusion that being a monk has made me any better than anybody else, however. I just don't think that's the case at all. I was just lucky. If you have that call, you're just lucky, not better than other people. There is this beneficent karmic thing there somehow. The first time I went to Throstlehold Priory, as it was then, in the north of England. I knew right away, this is it. This is it. This is what I've been looking for. And ever after that, I never had those middle-of-the-night feelings of, where is my life going? My life is passing by and I'm not in it. You know, that dismal sort of panic of, what am I doing with my life? What's my purpose? It never happened again. That sort of dreary feeling. Well, I had to muster up my courage. I went, it took me a month, and finally I go, okay, I'm going to ask about being a monk. I thought they'd just laugh at me, but they didn't. They let me do it, and I've been grateful ever since. 
that feeling that one is unworthy to be a monk. I think many monks still have that feeling. You know? Lots of people feel that way. Some monks, actually many monks, I think, feel, actually, I don't know why they let me in. You know? If they knew how awful I really am or really was, they wouldn't have let me come in the door. I kind of had that feeling. But it's not, and it's not a bad thing to have a little humility, you know. It makes us really want to change. We don't think we know everything. I want to learn. I need to do something about myself. That's what it is. I need to do something about myself. It's not because I'm a better person than anyone. On the contrary, I need help. And to have that feeling that maybe they wouldn't let me in or maybe I'm not worthy, we should never let us stop us if that's what we want to do if our heart longs to do that, to at least ask and try if we can. Not everyone is suited to the monastic life. Most people have no desire to do it for a start. Nearly everybody, the last thing they want to do is be a monk. We have to really, really want to do it. It's not easy. We don't accept everybody who asks because most people don't want to do it. Some people who do want to do it there are impediments, you know. And we try to discern what's actually best for the person. Not as a judgment, but will monastic life really help this person? For some people, there are impediments like age or health or family commitments or other things. And it's just not the thing for them. Some people have an unrealistic idea of what monastic life is like. Oh, I'll get away from the world. Goodbye, cruel world. I'm off to join the monastery. Or... Um, you know, to get away from suffering. Well, you don't get away from suffering. We're not trying to get away from our suffering. We're trying to face it and deal with it. Look at it head on, accept it, and transform it. We're all prone to old age, sickness, and death for a start. You don't get away from that by being a monk. And they're right in our face when we look. Monks look. We look at old age, sickness and death. We see our aging monks. We see people die. We take care of their dead bodies. We don't spend all our time thinking about sickness and death. But we don't look away either. And it makes it much less frightening when you're not just pretending it's not there. Oh yes, I know, that will happen in the future. Well, we don't know. We're not miserably thinking about death all the time. But we're often more joyful than other people because... We know we can't take our life for granted. We can't take anything for granted. We don't know how long our life will last, how long our monastery will last. There's a mountain right behind us, you know, which could blow up. Not likely anytime soon, but you never know. Or other things can happen. We could get burned by, wiped out by wildfire, much more likely. Just to never take things for granted, to use our opportunity in this life to do our very best with it, whether we're monks or lay people. Monks are not perfect, you may have noticed. We still have greed, anger, selfishness, unwillingness, fear, and all this stuff. But we're trying to see them as they come up and not to let them run our lives, not to act on them. We're working on our selfishness. Imperfect as we are, we're trying to do our best with it. Monks don't escape from the world. It's not goodbye, cruel world. We're right in, in the world. How could we be separate? So we try to know what's going on. 
to know what's happening in the news without obsessing about it all the time. Not, you know, worrying about all the latest stuff. But we need to know what people are dealing with, what other people are worried about, what we might be worried about, what's happening in our world, because we're part of it. We're not separate. We're not cut off. And we can offer merit and maybe a little bit of advice to people. How do we deal with all this stuff? How do I look at this climate change and war and violence and all the stuff that happens, you know? Not to cut ourselves off from all of that. Compassion, you know. Our life is trying to foster compassion for beings. How could you have compassion if you were cut off from the world, from people dealing with all these things? You couldn't. Well, being a monk is not easy, but being a lay person isn't easy either. Being a human being isn't easy. Being a monk is living in community. That's not always easy with other people not all of whom may be easy to get along with. But we're all trying to do our best to work on our shortcomings and our selfishness. And we kind of know that. Even if somebody's having a fit or being a pain in the sangha, we know that they're actually trying, trying to do their best, trying to do something. And that gives us kind of confidence in them. You know, we can bear a bit of just seeing people trying to do better. Some years ago, one of our monks was in McDonald's or somewhere, and a little boy comes up and says, Who are you? What are you? He is in his robes. And he says, I'm a monk. And the little boy says, What's a monk? And our monk says, A monk is somebody who tries to be the very best, best person they can be, and that isn't easy for anybody. It's a simple and perfect answer that a child can understand. And it is what we're trying to do. We're trying to be the best person we can be. Well, of course, this is not exclusive to monks. We're all trying to do our best, you know, to be the best person we can be. Within the circumstances of our lives, in our, our world, the pressures of our life, you know, it's hard to keep to that, to being the best person we can be. For monks, it's what we try to do all the time. We constantly have that in our face. How can I do my best in this situation? Not give in to my anger, my selfishness and all that. And this doesn't mean trying to be perfect. Trying to be the best person one can be is not trying to be a perfect person, not trying to live up to some ideal, fit oneself into some kind of a box. But to try to be the best person one can be is an open thing, it's open-ended. There's no limit to that because we keep trying to do our best with all the situations that arise, as we all do, actually. To deal with our selfishness and our greed and anger and all that. Learning to let go, working on the self. That's what we're really trying to do. And in monastic life, it's right there in your face all the time. Community life is really good for this. As Master G, you said, it's like a rock tumbler. They were all, all together with our little bumpy bits and sharp edges, and they get smoothed away as we tumble around together in our life. Working together, living together, community life, is a huge blessing and a huge help for people who want to be monks and can do that. Just 
doing our best to help each other, even though we might not have chosen each other as friends out in the world, we're living here together, doing our best to help each other. And there's a kind of love that is fostered there, because we see each other trying to do our best. And that love extends to other beings. Ideally, we love all beings. If we can love most of them, we're doing pretty well. Or some beings, not just me and my dear friends and family kind of thing, but to widen it out, all those beings we may or may not know or see, beings are doing terrible things, trying to at least have some kind of understanding and acceptance and not fostering of ill will towards beings. Some people say, rather than trying to love everybody, just to not harbor ill will. And that seems a little more doable. If I can see ill will arise in my mind towards somebody, ah, what am I doing? I don't need to do that. Let it go. They're doing their best, whoever they may be. So our community life is a huge blessing in this regard because we have to live together. Great Master Dogen, of course, becoming a monk, leaving home life behind, as our Reverend Hubert translated it. And I like that, leaving home life behind. We're not repudiating home life. We're just leaving it behind. We're looking for something different. We give up many things. We give up family life, a career, many of the distractions and the pleasures of lay life. You know, we give up a lot of things, actually. We're celibate. This is a major thing. It's not just a kind of self-sacrifice. I'll do without this wonderful thing for the sake of, you know. It's actually a great, it's a, a positive thing. It has a positive purpose, both practical and spiritual. I won't go into all that now because I'll be here, you know. I could actually go on for hours about monastic life, but I don't plan to. We have a daily schedule. We don't just do what we want. We don't, you know, we eat what we're given. We don't just eat what we like and when we like. We don't go to bed and get up when we feel like it. We go to bed when it's time. We get up when it's time to get up. We have rules and we're expected to keep to them. And we get caught on our stuff when we're angry or selfish or unkind or whatever. We get caught on it, you know. There's discipline in our life to help us to live together in harmony and to work on our selfishness. All of this helps to wear away at that selfishness, the putting me first. We put other things first, learning to let go. It's a great thing. As Arjun Shah said, let go a little, you get a little peace. Let go a lot, you get a lot of peace. Let go completely, you have complete peace. You know? We're trying to learn to let go completely. And it's not an immediate one-off thing. Do it over and over and over again with all these little things of our lives. And we all do this. But in monastic life, it's right in your face because <laughs> you get results quite quickly when you don't. And this is the real renunciation, the letting go of the self that we try to practice. When we come into monastic life, it's because we want something. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. Why would we want to let go of the world and, you know, do all this if we didn't want something? Even just answering that call of the heart, so wanting something, something more than what I've found. I don't know what it is, but I want to find it. And this is where I want to look. And then gradually we learn to let go of this wanting. 
We still have the call of the heart, but it's not a wanting something for myself, our self-concern. We find contentment. We give ourselves to the life, not through wanting something, but through love of the life we give ourselves to it. Monastic life is not easy. It can be really hard sometimes, really hard sometimes. But it brings peace and it brings joy. The virtues that we try to practice as Buddhists, as monks, they bring joy. We all try to practice these. Gratitude, acceptance, kindness, willingness, unselfishness and all of these. We all try to practice them. And for monks, it's a constant practice and we're held to it by our own wish to do it and by our dear fellow monks who would call us on our stuff. And as I said, monastic life is not for everybody by any means. But for those few people who have that call of the heart and who follow it and who are suited to the life and who come to love it, it's a blessing beyond words. I just thought I'd say that. And that's our talk for the day. Thank you.